Uh, hi guys, Russell here. Uh, sort of a thought piece on whether I should short luxury stocks. Um, and yeah, the real honesty is that the pro Libra shift, so anti capital view that I have on markets feels like this should not be great for luxury stocks. There are some issues with this, and I have uh, tried to short luxury stocks and have shorted luxury stocks and bought luxury stocks successfully in the past. So I think I'll just discuss some of these issues and then you know you can have a think and it's for my benefit as well as your benefit. So historically, uh, luxury is a bad business, okay, historically speaking. Why? So you tend to be, you need to spend uh, a lot of rent, you need to spend on investing to the brand. So you have a lot of high fixed costs with variable demand. Um, so typically when markets went south, uh, what you tend to see was demand would fall for luxury, so cash flow would shrink and the stocks would generally do poor. So here I have a, a screenshot of LVMH performance. It, it lost 50% during the Asian financial crisis, lost 60% during the dot-com bust, uh, lost 50% during the GFC. Um, you know, and that was pretty typical uh, sort of performance from luxury, uh, to be honest with you. However, since 2008, uh, if you look at LVMH, which is by far the biggest luxury brand in the world, it's been uh, a buy-the-dip type of stock. Uh, it hasn't really had a substantial fall since then. Uh, and both operating margins have risen and so has valuation has risen dramatically. Um, and, you know, this has made Bernard Anor, uh the world's richest person on occasion. Um, he's still well up there. Uh, you know, so... The luxury industry, at least LVMH, where LVMH operates, has been transformed over the last few years. Okay, so what has changed? Um, so luxury is a tricky one. It's a, a market that doesn't really like too much transparency, although you can get some. Um, uh, but if we go to the Swiss Watch Federation, they offer data that pretty much matches up with what I think most of us will have seen and experienced in the luxury market. So. Intriguingly, if you look at Swiss watch export, uh, exports, which I think is a good uh, barometer for the overall luxury market, what you can see is you know, around 2000 through the 2011, up to 2011, you had rising exports um, uh, in Swiss franc terms, which I think you know, is pretty much what I would have seen in the market. You had a good, what I call a good strong bull market from 2000 through the 2011 uh, uh, and that really was driven by rising Asian demand, particularly Chinese demand. And then since 2011, 2012, it's been an up and down market. And luxury has been much more difficult. I know that's at odds with what you're seeing in LVMH, but I'll discuss that at, at further on. Um, now, within the monthly releases from the Swiss Watch Federation, you get volume numbers. And so what you can do is you can then break down the total export number into volume versus ASP. And there you get a much stronger idea of what's going on. So what we can see is through to 2011, uh, from 2009 to 2011, volume was rising, ASP was flat. And what we've seen in recent years is the ASP, so the average selling price of Swiss watch ex exports has gone up even as uh, export volumes have been flat to weak. Okay. Um, so you can see you've got a market where we're, they're selling less watches, but they're, they're raising the price uh, on those watches. Um, and using annual data from the Swiss Watch Federation, uh, what we can see is that 
Um, even though the 200 Swiss francs and lower make the bulk of watch sales by volume, by value, uh, by value, uh, the high-end watches, so watches that cost over 3,000 Swiss francs, uh, have seen big volume growth and they've seen big uh, price growth, average selling price. So they normally have buckets and then there's a 3,000 over bucket. We can work out what the average price for that bucket is. It's gone from like 6,000 uh, Swiss francs in 2000 to nearly 9,000. And this year, it's looking to be well above that, nine, nine and a half, something like that. And so the value share accruing to high-end watches has gone from you know one-third in 2000 to 76% as of today. So the, the high-end market now dominates in that, which I guess makes sense for also luxury. Um, and so what you've seen, you know, what I've seen is that, you know, since 2011, being short, this sort of mass, mass to middle market luxury area has been, has been, has been good. That area is doing very poor, while high end, super high end luxury has been phenomenal. So if you look at like Tapestry, which controls Coach and Kate Spade and a few other brands, that stock has done poorly. That's despite US, US doing quite well. Uh, if you look at other brands like Ralph Lauren, Capri, which is Michael Kors, Prada, Ferragamo, uh, Canada Goose, which, you know, for average consumer are all high-end, these have all been dead dead money or worse for the last 10 years. Mulberry I could throw in there as well. Um, so what you've seen is high-end, super high-end luxury has dominated the mass market market. So when you talk about luxury now, you're talking about very, very high-end luxury, typically luxury that most people could not afford. I guess definition. Um, now, my base view of a pro labor world uh, probably means I'd be more upbeat on mass market luxury than high end mark, mark, uh, high end luxury. You know, my view is governments are going to try and curtail the power of the very high end and get and try and raise wages. So this should be better for sort of mass market than high end. Okay. The problem is, is that if I look at China, which I think is the most advanced down this trend in so far as they've reduced the, you know, the wealth of someone like Jack Ma, uh, they've bankrupted a number of property developers, made property markets sort of weakish to try and, you know, balance them better. You know, I would expect the high end in China to be weaker uh, than elsewhere. The problem is, if you look at someone like Kuei Chao Motai, which you may not have heard of, is the most valuable drinks company in the world, that stock has just gone sideways and it's not not being as poor as I imagine. Um, and one of the things about Motai is it's one of the easiest companies to uh, analyze in the world because it really only does one product. And basically what you've seen with Motai is they've been able to raise volumes and ASP both by seven times over 20 years, uh, which is, again, sort of nags at me is like, how can you have huge volume growth in high-end luxury uh, and huge price increases? It seems to be a disconnect, but it's what you really want to see when you're analyzing a business. If they can raise prices and volumes are increasing as well as ideal. And so that's why Motai has been a phenomenal stock. You've seen the same in Ferrari. Now, Ferrari do sell into Asia, not as much as uh, Motai. They're still European-dominated, but Ferrari continues to be an all-time high. And again, with Ferrari, what we've seen is volumes and ASPs have been very, very strong. Um, 
So they've been able to increase their market without destroying the pricing. So the question then is, you know, should I should be showing luxury? You know, are, are these trends unsustainable uh, and are they, are they going to break down? Well, there seems to be a couple of things that are starting to happen. So you know, what we're seeing uh, from uh, LVMH and Remy Contra is a slowdown in the U.S., not in China. Uh, and that could mean that actually U.S. is a little bit more mass market, uh, is less concentrated uh, than the Chinese market. But definitely Cognac is seeing a bit of a slowdown. But if you go and look at Remy Contro numbers, they say America's was a big problem. That's where they've seen a big slowdown in consumption. Uh, and Asia makes about 50% of the luxury market. So you know, Remy is not conclusive. Um, the, the, the other thing I find very strange about luxury is when I talk to my friends who you know, buy high-end watches or you know, you know, buy at the high-end, what we see or have discussions have been, and this may be just a London one, is that markets are off for watches and other things by about 20%. Uh, and where we can see some sort of pricing. So here I've put the LiveX benchmark fine wine index, again, showing prices off sort of 20% since a peak, 10 to 15, sorry, in this case, off the peak. Um, and so, you know, it's weird. You know, a lot of the sort of data that I'm looking at and the politically I'm looking at, uh, you know, has sh- would say market has weakened a bit. But then when I look at the share prices, it seems like the very, very high end remains insulated from some of the from some of the sort of uh, pressures that I would expect to see. And so to answer the question, should I short short luxury? You got there's two answers here. One was the best time to short all luxury stocks. You know, was maybe ten years ago when we saw a huge growth in brands like Prada, Ferragamo, Coach, Huge Boss, Cause, and they all tried to you know, build out to capture the Chinese consumer. And I think in the end, they ruined the returns for all of them. Um, and that has been the problem. So when we talk about short luxury, we're really talking about, do I go after the high end? Um, and what we've seen with the high end is you know, brands like Hermes, who've always been at the high end, continue to do really, really well. LVMH has done super well through buying out other high-end brands such as Bulgari, Tiffany's, and Christian Dior. And we've also seen with brands like Ferrari and Lamborghini have continued to increase their pricing and do really well versus sort of other brands like Aston Martin, Maserati. So you have a bifurcated market. Um, and you have sort of winner brands and brands that are struggling. Um, and so what that sort of suggests to me is that, you know, we've got an, an insulated top-end market uh, that has largely just continued to consume, continue to post pictures on Instagram or whatever. Um, and they are, they are still happy to buy these brands and still happy to accept price increases. I think the problem then for luxury, I think will happen when the politics turns against conspicuous consumption, when it becomes very bad to walk around carrying a Birkin bag and turn driving around your Ferrari or your or your or uh, you know or your uh, Bugatti or not Bugatti but you know very the very high end cars where you start to see that becoming wrong and when will that happen? So what I'm starting to th- think is that we're now seeing conflict and war in Europe and now in the Middle East and we're starting to see this sort of Cold War build and build. 
you know, how far can we be from we are all in this together, you know, where we start moving more left socialist type of move. Uh, and I feel like we can't be that too far. So for me, luxury does feel like an area that looks good to short, to be honest with you. It may be better to use options on this uh, because I think when they break, they'll break very quickly because it's not an industry trend now. It's a social trend. Uh, and I'll think about how to do that, what's the best way to do that. But I think there is something to be done there. All right. Hope that makes sense. Stay safe. We'll talk again soon. Ciao.